Welcome to An Unknown Adventure. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann, and I finally decided to jump off the 24-7 work hamster wheel to go after my dreams. I will be downsizing from my 750-square-foot mansion to a 60-square-foot van in the summer of 2021, and I started this podcast to share that process with you. I'm hoping that it will add value to your life. And the podcast, kind of like life, is ever-evolving. The topics I will be covering are achieving your dreams, unconventional travel, and minimalism. In each episode, I'll either talk to you about my experiences or I'll interview someone else about one, two, or all three of these topics. So hang on to the roller coaster of life for your unknown adventure. I'm so glad you're here. And today I'm going to be talking about my passion for circus and how I got there. And you're never too old to do circus. You're never too old to do whatever you want, whatever you put your mind to doing. But before I go into my circus craziness, I wanted to give you guys an update about where I'm at in my process with buying my van, getting my van, moving into van life, and minimalism. I'm having a little bit of anxiety and overwhelm as of the end of December. And, you know, by the time this podcast airs, that might change. But as of the end of December right now, I am still waiting to get my van. And I still don't have it. But I did purchase it in October, I think it was October 3rd or 4th. So the very beginning of October, it is now the very end of December. The Nissan dealership totally dropped the ball hard. They dropped it and it did not bounce. They lost the van. They lost the van for, I don't know, maybe a month or something. They just couldn't find it. And they thought maybe it was stolen or I don't know what they thought. You know, I found this out I found out when they lost it, but then I didn't really find out what happened until a little bit later. So the guy who sold me the van quit working at Nissan and didn't hand it off to anybody. He just quit working and that was the end of that. He didn't tell me. So I was texting him asking for updates and saying, oh yeah, they think they're doing everything when he didn't know what they were doing because he wasn't working there anymore. And then when I called it took me a week to get a hold of anybody and I called and left messages every day for a week one person I talked to told me they had lost it and didn't know where it was and then I was in a you know panic as of course anyone would expect me to be and I called every single day for a week and left messages and was put through to different voicemails and different people and when I would get somebody on the line they'd say oh yeah I'm going to check on that for you and I'll call you back tomorrow morning and they never called back no one ever called me back and so finally I called the receptionist and I said can you find somebody who can deal with this right now because If not, and I don't want to threaten anybody with anything, but I'm going to drive up there and nobody's going to be happy when I show up in person. So I need to know what's going on with this. And the woman pretty much saved me. She found someone who would deal with me and he found my van 
It took some time, but he searched the lot. It's a very, very big lot. So it didn't surprise me that they didn't know exactly where it was, although it was pretty scary. He found the van and he said, oh, yeah, everything's been done. And I went through my list. Yeah, yes, yes. Check, check, check. And I said, "Okay, well, I'm going to come up and see it and then, you know, make sure everything's been done and then take it home. Well, I got there and no surprise, everything had not been done. And he tried to tell me when I said, oh, the, you know, as the alarm in. And he said, oh, well, you didn't get an alarm. You just got a GPS tracking. And I said, no, I got an alarm. And he said, oh, let me go check the paperwork. And he came back. Oh, yeah, you did get an alarm. Well, it's not been done. So I had to leave the van there. The van is still there. It's That was, I don't know, two or three weeks ago now. And of course, you know, the alarm company that they were working with, they stopped working with. They couldn't find another alarm company. I mean, it's just problem after problem after problem, which I'm not surprised. The whole process has not been easy. I didn't expect it to be as hard as it's been, but I never expected it to be easy. So they still have the van. You know, now it's the holidays. It's Christmas holidays. So nobody's available. And they had to find a new company that, you know, would do the alarm system and this and that. So that's what they're working on now. And my van builders had thought that maybe they could get to my van in January or maybe the beginning of February. And now it looks like they won't be able to get to it until mid-February. And I'm a little bit concerned because I was planning on being out of here at the beginning of June. And now it looks like that might be delayed as well. So the good news is I have a place to live until I don't. And hopefully I can stay here until the van is ready. The bad news is I will probably have to go back to my day job for several months and I was hoping if I had to go back that it would only be for March and April, but now it's looking like I'll have to go back for March, April, and May, and maybe even June, which sucks. So yeah, that's my update. I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm a little stressed, and I'm a little disappointed in the van situation, but I'm plugging away and moving forward. I'm also feeling very, very, very overwhelmed about my minimizing and getting rid of stuff. I've sold quite a bit. I've gotten rid of or given away a lot of things. I've given away, I've given things away to, you know, not necessarily Goodwill, but stores like that. And I've given stuff away to friends, a lot of things. But it just seems like I still have a house full of stuff. Yeah, it's just really overwhelming me. I I mean, I look around and I'm like, everything feels like it's choking me at this point. It's just crap. It's not even stuff I'm using, you know? There of course there are things that I'm using and there's furniture that I use and but yeah, I'm just feeling really constricted by my things right now and I don't know what to do about that. I've never felt this way before. So I don't know what it's from and I don't know really how to deal with it. But I want to put that out there and let you guys know what's going on with me. I wrote a blog post about this, but I also wanted to make a podcast about it because I think that, well, because I have a lot more to say. So the reason that I'm making this podcast at this time is because I'm sitting on the couch in pain 
after having my back go into spasm yesterday afternoon because I overdid it on Saturday in my contortion class. And for anybody who hasn't read my blog post, I am a circus, not a circus performer. I use the circus arts for my workout. It's a long story, which I will go into, but I was in contortion class and I'm not a contortionist at all. And I pushed myself too hard and overdid it with backbending which is not a surprise because I do tend to overdo things uh, quite frequently. And my back went into spasm mid-back around T7. I have a weak, some kind of weak spot there. It's not bone-related. I've been to the chiropractor about it. But it's some kind of muscle weakness where either the muscles aren't turned on around my spine in that area. I'm going to say my paraspinal muscles. It has happened before and it's quite painful and so even though I can walk around the house I cannot currently take the dog for a walk and he is not happy about that at all I will tell you right now he is not happy so I did want to make a podcast talking about my experience being a circus workout person I don't know how to label this but I am not a spring chicken, although I sound like one, I look like one, and I act like one. I am not one, and I came to circus late in life. I've always loved circus, but I never thought of it as anything that I could do myself. And years and years and years ago, I used to go to Burning Man, and I was there in 2010. Actually, that was the last time I ever went, and I was was a ranger, And so I was working five in the morning, six in the morning, and I was walking by someone's camp and I saw this woman on aerial silks and I kind of stopped in front of her and my jaw dropped and I looked up and I said, wow, that's amazing. And when she came down, I said, I'm just so in awe of you that you can do that. You look fabulous. And she said, you can do it too. And I was like, what? And she told me about a circus school that is in my city in San Francisco. And I went home and looked it up. And the classes were starting that week or had actually started the week prior. I could still get into the semester. And she told me to take aerial conditioning. So I signed up. I took aerial conditioning. I did hurt myself in the first aerial conditioning class. And so I had to repeat aerial conditioning. And then I took intro to aerial. Or maybe I hurt myself in intro to aerial class. Whatever. I hurt myself and had to repeat one of the two basic classes. I can't remember which it was. So for three semesters, I did the intro, the basics. And the intro to aerial is a really, really cool class because you get to try all the different aerial apparatuses. And I remember trying the aerial silks, which is what I thought I always wanted to do and turned out I hated it and then trapeze I got to try trapeze which I loved and then we didn't try straps because there wasn't a straps teacher at the time there is now Um, well not right now because of COVID but normally there is and so we did try rope as well and rope just hurts I mean silks hurts and rope hurts more and trapeze hurts they all hurt so that's the one thing that I learned rather quickly about circus arts is that it hurts. 
and oh and hoop hoop is the other one uh which is called lira so i tried all the different apparatuses that they offered at the time and i fell in love with trapeze static trapeze and the reason is because of my teacher and my teacher was this uh really amazing hardcore russian lady that just you know had this beautiful or she she still does has this beautiful passion for the art but also like a no nonsense you're going to do what I say and you're going to do it right approach and I needed that at the time and the reason is because my background is in gymnastics so when I was very young I was I think it was like third third grade through sixth grade or second grade through sixth grade I don't know for three or four years I was a gymnast and it was my happy place it was actually the happiest I ever remember being as a child and I went to these I went to this gym where I worked out several days a week as a gymnast and I was really good I loved tumbling on the mat that was my favorite and then the uneven bars were my second favorite which makes sense you know why I love trapeze because I was up in the air as a little kid and loved it and you know spinning and flipping and you know all that it got to the point in my gymnastics training where I was good enough to be put in the team that trains for the team that trains for the Olympics and I don't know what that translates to today and I'm sure that I never ever ever would have gone to the Olympics but I was good enough to be in you know like you know pretty far down on the totem pole but at least on the totem pole and my parents decided that school was more important which I can understand that but when you're a little kid you don't understand that and they pulled me out when I was when I was going into seventh grade and I was going to a private school and they pulled me out of gymnastics and it really it really really had a big negative effect on me really really big time I was put into a school that none of my friends went to all my friends got to go to the public school and I wasn't accepted, and I was an outcast, and I had no friends, and I didn't have my gymnastics on top of that. You know, my passion. I didn't have my passion. So it was a pretty big blow. It changed the course of my life for sure. And I won't go into all of the negatives of my childhood. There were many, 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 many. But I will say that it did change the course of my life in a very negative way. And I never forgot it. And I never really got over it. So when I found circus, it was like coming home. It was like finding that part of me that I had always loved, the deep, deep part of me that I missed and that felt comfortable you know that feeling when you do something or something occurs and you're like yeah this is it this is where I should be this is where I need to be this is the answer and that's how it felt that's how starting circus at I think I was 43 years old and that's how it felt for me it felt like this is the missing piece and I just threw myself into it well I took classes three days a week I can't even explain how much I love it and what I love about it. But 
I do want to explain that there are four different types of trapeze. So there is static trapeze, which is the one that I do, which is when the trapeze apparatus itself is hung from the air from two points and you do a bunch of different tricks on the trapeze itself and in the ropes. There is flying trapeze, which is the one that everyone thinks about when they think about trapeze. Although I will say that most people think I'm saying trampoline when I say trapeze, which is a completely different apparatus. Trampoline is the one you jump up and down on. Trapeze is the one that is in the air, a bar in the air with a rope on each side of the bar. That is a trapeze. And I will link to some trapeze pictures in the show notes. But flying trapeze is the one that most people think about when they think of trapeze, which is one person hanging from their knees and the trapeze is swinging back and forth. And then there's another person on a little stand at the far end and they start on a trapeze, another trapeze hanging and they fly through the air. Then they let go. They do a flip or not. And then the catcher who's hanging from his knees or her knees catches that person by their arms. And that is flying trapeze. There is also swinging trapeze, which is really hard and really dangerous. And that is a solo person standing on a trapeze that is swinging back and forth. And they're doing tricks and drops and really hard moves while the trapeze is swinging back and forth the entire time. Then there is also single point trapeze. And that is when the two ropes are connected above your head in on one single point. And that's usually a dance type of trapeze where the trapeze is usually lower so that you can stand on the ground and you can spin. So you hold the bottom of it, you hold the bar with your hands and you spin, you get the trapeze to start spinning. Then someone usually raises the trapeze while it's spinning and you ascend into the air and then you do your moves as it's spinning in a circle. And again, I find this very hard. It's beautiful. It is just a beautiful art form, but it is too difficult for me. I've tried it. So I fell in love with static trapeze and static trapeze is difficult in that it takes more conditioning and it's more about your muscles and your weight and pulling yourself up and holding yourself up and all that. And I really like that. I like the difficulty. I like the challenge. I just, yeah. And I, and So I have always had a fear of heights, even though you wouldn't know it. And my fear of heights is being somewhere high and looking straight down. And one of the reasons that I chose trapeze was, or chose even aerial arts, was to get over my fear of heights. And it worked. Not that I'm completely fear-free, but I was able to get on pretty high apparatuses and not have that heart in my throat kind of fear. So I really like to face my challenges. That's part of who I am. Yeah. So that really helped me a lot. 
So where this led me, I think I started at 43 years old and I've been doing circus arts for 11 years without stopping. Now I fell off the trapeze once and I, uh, so I was showing off doing a heel hang, which is where you hang from your heels and I could do it. I could do it. So I thought I was, you know, hot shit and I wasn't. And I started to fall and I reached up to grab the ropes and my hands got tangled in the ropes. I wrapped the ropes around my hands and I fell and my hands stayed up. One of my hands stayed up in the ropes. So what could have happened is my fingers could have been severed and I'm surprised that they weren't. But instead, my fingers were like the, all the ligaments of two of my fingers were torn, stretched and torn. I was not able to use those fingers for about a year. I had some very serious rehabilitation, rehab. And eventually, I was able to use the fingers again. I can use them and I was able to go back to trapeze, but it'll, they'll never be the same. Ever. And if you look at them, you can tell, I mean, they're just, I have mallet finger on two of my fingers and yeah, they'll never be the same. My grip is compromised. The fingers are always stiff, but I didn't let it stop me. So, because I'm crazy. I stopped doing circus for, I think, a month or two and I, it was too much. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle not doing circus. So I went back and I started doing handstand classes. And it's so funny because I've had people say to me, handstand is a class and I should counter with, can you do a handstand? Can you hold a handstand in the middle of the room for five minutes or even one minute or even 30 seconds? Because I don't think you can, but I don't say that. But that's true. So there is, yeah, handstanding is an art form and it is... In circus, they call it hand balancing, but that encompasses handstands on the blocks or up in the air or on the back of a chair or on somebody's back or somebody else's hands or whatever. And it is. It's hand balancing. And it is hard. It is so hard. And people train for years and years and years and years before they get it. And I remember telling my trapeze teacher, I'm like, I'm going to train for a year and get it. And she's like, no, you're not. And she was right, of course. So, you know, here I am. I think it's probably been seven years I've been training in handstands and I still haven't gotten them. But I love circus. So I love all of the forms. I've actually done a lot of different apparatuses at this point. I've done handstanding. I've done silks. I've done, I've, I've started to do sling is my new, uh, my new choice in apparatuses because it's something that I can do when I'm in the van, although I'm terrible at it so far. I'm just really bad. And I've done Chinese pole, which is similar to a pole for pole dancing, but it's a lot thicker and you're mostly holding your entire body weight like kind of out from the pole it's it's not it's not dance oriented it's not sexy it's not like that but it's just as hard 
and the pole is a lot thicker. So if you have small hands like me, it makes it a little bit more challenging. But I, I've done a bit of pole and I loved it. I loved Chinese pole. I really, really did. I think if it wasn't so hard, I would have stuck with that for a while too. But I didn't. I've tried hoop, which I don't love because the whole area is hard. You know, the hoop is a circle of just hard metal. The trapeze I like because you get to sit. And yeah, some people think the metal is hard to sit on, but you get used to it. You get used to sitting on it. You get used to standing on it. I love the ropes. I love having, you know, both options, holding myself up in the ropes and holding. I just, yeah, I freaking love trapeze. But when I hurt myself and I started handstanding class, I also was doing stretching class and handstands and I got hurt again. So I got hurt in stretching class. I got overstretched. A teacher overstretched me and I let him repeatedly. And that happened probably, I don't know, probably six years ago. And I am still recovering. I will probably never recover from that. I don't know if ligaments and muscles and tendons were torn. I've had, oh, I've had x-rays and I'm, no, I didn't have an MRI for that, but I've had x-rays and yeah, I'm still, I still have major challenges from that time. And it's because, you know, it has a lot to do with my age for sure, but I was not able to sit cross-legged for three years at all, just not possible. I can now sit cross-legged most of the time. Sometimes it still hurts, but I am, there's, there are just things I cannot do and I will never be able to do probably. And sadly, this bleeds into my contortion training, which I will get to in a minute. So I did take a lot of handstanding classes and I took some acrobatics and it's just, uh, the stuff they make you do is insane and so fun. And so I have done handstands on the back of a chair and I have done, I have done like, you know, the lever on the bench and I've done some pretty minor things when it comes to circus, but they're, but they're major for me because, you know, I don't, I don't really have this training except for when I was really, really young. A lot of the people that go to my circus school are professional circus performers. I would say probably 60 or, yeah, about 60% are professional circus performers. The rest of us are doing it for fun and a fun way to work out. But there are a lot of professional circus performers. My joke is when you're at circus school and you need to run up the stairs to go to the bathroom, you may have to stand aside and wait because there will be somebody walking down the stairs on their hands and you'll have to wait till they get to the bottom before you can go up. And I told my handstanding teacher that and he goes, that was me. <laughs> so because that did happen to me. So circus has been my one of my greatest, greatest passions and greatest joys. I've made so many friends in the circus community and at circus school with, you know, professionals and non-professionals and one of my closest friends in the entire world, Karina, who I also got to interview for a podcast, which I will link. And she is also not a performer. She does it for fun and is just as passionate as I am. When COVID happened and circus school closed, I was pretty beside myself. 
I didn't know what to do. I do own a trapeze, but I had sold my rig. I had a rig in my back on my back patio that was, it just wasn't working anyway because I couldn't get high enough and my trapeze, my ropes are too long. And anyway, I ended up selling it to a friend of mine who does perform and is amazing. She's 60 years old and a circus performer and beautiful and talented and I'm in complete awe of her and we used to work out together as well. I will put a link to her Instagram, Lizette. She's just phenomenal. So I went for a couple months where I didn't work out at all and March, April, May, probably three months where I didn't work out at all and I felt horrible and I was unhappy and I, I didn't know what to do. And Lizette, the woman that I was just talking about, had been telling me about one of the circus teachers at my school that was amazing and she had been trying to encourage me to take this woman's contortion classes. My teacher, my trapeze teacher, had said to me, after, you're, after you turn 50, you'll never be able to get your splits. You just won't. Your your muscles won't allow you to or won't extend or won't be as malleable or whatever and you won't be able to get your splits. And my friend Lizette got her splits when she was in her 50s. So she encouraged me to take a contortion class with this quite famous contortion teacher named Serchma. And when I was still going to circus school, I could never get into her classes. They were just booked solid. And I, you know, waiting list didn't matter. Couldn't get in. So I just, you know, eventually I gave up. And when COVID happened in May, I think, I'm pretty sure it was May, might have been June of last year, they started offering Searchma's classes online. And I signed up and I started practicing contortion. And for me, what that looks like is extreme stretching. Because I am never going to be a contortionist. There is no flipping way ever. I am too old. And because, you know, more more than my age, because of my injury that I sustained at circus school all those years ago, I probably will never be able to get my middle splits. And I'm not even sure if I can actually get my side splits. But I am closer than I've ever been. And I might never be able to get my arms straight in a back bend because I also have an old back injury, not from circus. I mean, that's what happens. I've had a lot of injuries throughout my life. But what I noticed is that after my first class with Searchma, my first contortion class, I no longer had sciatica. And until that point, for 10 years... I had double leg sciatica. I had pain going down both of my legs 24-7. And it was so severe that it got to the point where I just ignored it. I didn't even notice it anymore. And I say that, but I always noticed it. So it was never gone. So it's like I have tinnitus in, in one of my ears from a car accident a couple years ago. And it's always there. And if I even take a half a second to put my attention on it or take half a second to take my attention away from noise, I can, you know, the tinnitus is always there. And it's it's really loud and it's really annoying and it's, you know, it's high pitched and it's 24-7 constant. That's how the sciatica was. It was all the time 
And, you know, I I have a, a higher tolerance for pain, I think, than some people. And so for me, it could go up to about a seven, but it was usually about a three or four. And since I've been in healthcare for 15 years, I know that my three or four is a lot of people's eight. And I always say my 10 is when I'm in the hospital screaming because that did happen once. So I do have a measurement, a barometer for my 10. My 10 is like, even if I, even when my back goes into spasm and I'm on the floor and I can't move, that's not a 10. That's still, that's like an eight, eight or nine for me. But the sciatica was just always there and it was, it was painful, but I, you know, like I said, I learned to live with it and started ignoring it. Well, when it's gone is when you notice it. And after my first contortion class, it was gone, completely gone. And so I started taking contortion. And since I'm an addict, I went from one day a week to three days a week. So I now, (laughs) even now, I do three days a week of contortion, two hours at a time. So I do six hours a week. And I've been doing that since May. I might put this recording up next year, but I've been doing that since May of 2020. And I, I love it. I love it in, in a way that's similar to my passion for trapeze. And I've also gained a lot of respect for contortionists. I didn't realize how hard it was. You know, everything that circus performers do, they make it look easy. And that's their job. Their job is to make it look easy, but none of it is easy. None of it. And contortion is really hard. I see how hard these other men and women work in class. And I see their, you know, faces contorted in pain sometimes. And I'm just in awe of them as well. So I've gained the utmost respect for contortionists at this point and, you know, jaw-dropping, wow, you know, it's it's really a discipline and it's not an easy one, but I love it. And I notice that if I stop doing it for one week, my sciatica returns. I'm going to be what I call an extreme stretcher for hopefully the rest of my life. Will I ever get my side splits? I don't know. I hope so. I really, really hope so. But I don't know. So that's my story. And I'm hoping that it inspires people who think that they're too old or think that they have too many injuries or whatever. Whatever it is. And I'm not saying circus is the answer for you. But finding something physical, some kind of physical exercise that lights you up, that's the key. So I have a friend who loves to run. It is her number one passion in the world. And she runs every single day. And if she doesn't run, she's miserable. And that's awesome. She found what works for her. I hate running. Do I run sometimes? Yes, I do. I actually force myself to do it, but I hate it. So for me, it's just like, that's like pulling teeth. You know, I'm not looking forward to it. But when I'm doing circus, I'm excited and I can't wait. I can't wait to start stretching. I can't wait to get on the trapeze. I'm really hoping that 
the sling is going to be my new love. I so far I've I really don't love it. But I also know that a new apparatus takes a while. It takes a while to learn. It takes a while to, you know, be able to do the moves. So I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping, really, really hoping. I'm looking at the sling right now like, I hate you. And then also my setup at home is not very good. It, it doesn't feel sturdy enough. And I don't feel confident enough when circus opened up again I did take several privates in sling and so I do know what to do especially for conditioning which I love conditioning I love conditioning on an apparatus I should say that there's certain conditioning that I love doing like I love pull-ups I love push-ups I love plank so there's certain things I really really love but Mostly I love conditioning on an apparatus in the air. It's just my happy place. So I really would encourage you, anyone listening, if you're looking for a new kind of workout, if you're looking for something that lights you up, to try a bunch of different things. Because there are a million ways, well not a million, but there are like a hundred different ways to work out. There's TRX, there's aerial yoga, there's yoga. You know, yoga is a workout. So try everything. That's what I did. Before I found circus, I tried a bunch of different things and I didn't like any of them. But now that I've found circus, I hope I never have to stop because it is one of my biggest passions in the world it really is and it was a dream it was a dream that I was able to achieve in my early mid and late 40s and now into my 50s I remember one time I went to this circus class it wasn't at my circus school but it was at a different one and there was a woman in my class who was in her 60s just starting trapeze and rope And she was in, I think she was about 64 or 65. And she was amazing. She wasn't fantastic at it yet, but she loved it. And that's all that mattered. She loved it and she kept coming back and she kept working at it and she kept getting better. So I really feel like it doesn't matter as long as you are physically able. I mean, if you're physically unable to do it, then yeah, you you can't do it. You'll have to find something else. But try, just try everything, everything that you can, and you will find something that lights you up like Circus lights me up. I just know it. And I would love to hear any kind of comments you have. I would love to hear what lights you up. I would love to hear what kind of exercise you do. Because I just, I love extreme sports. I love extreme exercise. If you can't tell, this is one of my biggest passions. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate every single person that listens to this podcast more than I can tell you. Because without you, you know, I'm talking into a microphone in my living room to my dog or to the wall or to myself, which is fine too, but I really want to inspire people. 
I really want to help people. That's my reason for doing this. So I hope you got something out of this and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to do a YouTube channel eventually. I've already shot my first video, but I don't love editing, so (laughs) it's on the back burner. But I'm going to do it when I have things to show you. So I want to show you how I wash my clothes, or I want to show you a certain way to minimize, or I want to show you the way my house looks now compared to the way it looks when I move out. That's my goal, and... I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts is also highly appreciated. You can find me and more information about AUA on anunknownadventure.com. I do try to leave extensive show notes here under the podcast, but also on my website. The notes include links to everything that's been talked about today. However, my main goal is to give back to the community, to you. So if you have any questions, please DM me on Instagram at anunknownadventure. And whether you do or don't, following me there would light up my entire week. So remember to keep dreaming big. Because your adventure awaits, and I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, 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 uh.